How about now? Can you hear me? Oh, boy. It took, it took a while, but I think we finally got there. There's something wrong. I usually use headphones, and there was something wrong with that, apparently. Okay. So I don't have headphones now, and I guess you can hear me. I, I, I can hear you. I'm with you. So, yeah, we, we tried this a couple times, couldn't get anything, and uh, but, but now, we're, now we're here. Okay. So what was your diatribe that you were talking, you started on? Well, the first, first. yeah, the first thing I wanted to say is that, you know, you know, categorically, baseball is still the, the greatest sport of all time, the greatest one that ever will be. And despite anything that, that may follow today, uh, I just want to start with a disclaimer that it's still the, the greatest game ever. I agree. I agree. We love it. And but in um in the society we live in now, people don't want to watch a baseball game for three hours and fifteen minutes. And I get that because when we were growing up, games were two and a half to three hours, like just like clockwork. And so Yeah. yeah. So that doesn't happen anymore. So they're trying to figure out ways to fix that. And I don't, I don't know if there is a way to fix that, but we could talk about that. We could talk about the state of the game yep. overall and just uh, kick around some ideas and see what we think. First yeah. of all, do you, do you think there is a problem with the length of the game or should we just leave it alone if it takes – Three and a half hours. It takes three and a half hours. Just deal with it. You know, I quite honestly, I don't really notice that a game is necessarily longer or shorter than it was. It, it um, you know, my sense of the timing in the game hasn't really changed. But uh, I do know that you know, especially like day games downtown, we get really sensitive at work about about the, the Tiger Day game because a lot of the a lot of the fans park in our parking area, so. So employees are always kind of gauging, you know, you know, well, what in, what inning are they in? We're also always looking at the timing of the game. And normally games start at one and they're usually over, you're usually over by four. So I guess they're, they're three hour games. So uh, that, that seems kind of a, like a reasonable time for a game. Cause I think baseball or basketball and football and hockey are all generally about that same time. So I'm, I'm kind of good with like a three hour time. But, I agree. I agree, but I think they're going longer than that. But anyways, yeah, I don't know. For some reason, the powers that be are—they think it is going too long. So they're talking about some crazy ways to um to, to, to okay. Um, I think well, well, one of the ways they did that was the pitch clock. Yep. Now. Well, that's a new thing, and then, well, I'm I'm just gonna go over a few of the things, and then we'll talk about them in detail. Sure. Um, pitch clock. They want maybe fewer warm-ups. Um, they're talking about either lowering or raising the mound, lowering the mound, and God forbid, even one of the ideas is to throw out is increasing the distance to home plate, which is 
ridiculous. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Right. We, we've talked about it. 60 feet, six inches. That's just one of the, the sacrosanct numbers of the game. Right. And then they're talking about, um, you know, at pitchers, pitchers have to get done, face three batters in a minute. I mean, I don't know how they could do that. Yeah. I'd, or I'd, throw three pitches in a minute, I guess. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really like all that. I know one other thing that they've they've done, I think, and they actually implemented it last year was, uh, you know, the the intentional walk. Now is that they don't the pitcher doesn't have to throw pitches now. They, they just point the guy down to first base, and you know, and I don't like that either. I I, I think you know you still I think you still have to throw the ball. I think you know there is always that chance that, you know a ball could drift over the plate and the guy can hit it, or the guy might you know throw the ball there's a probably better chance you know to get throw a wild pitch or something um and you know how, how much time is really saved by you know just pointing the guy down to first base and having the guy you know you're, you're saving what a minute off the game and and right. you know and how many intentional walks are there in a game maybe one so it's like you know i'd, I'd rather just see I'd, I'd rather see him continue to just uh you know pitch the ball make him make him play the game Right, right, right. Um, what else you got, Marty? What's that? Um, well, let me let me see. There was uh, hang on, hang on a minute. Okay. <laughs> it's madness here, Tully. I'm, I'm, it's madness. Um. Okay. What? Well, you know, and here's here's another thing that you know, one of the things they've implemented that I think has lengthened the game is instant replay. So, you know, because that's kind of, and I know there's this this you you want to get the calls right, and I think one of the main things that implemented instant replay was Armando Galarraga kind of getting screwed out of a perfect game, and if they'd had instant replay, you know, he would have had a perfect game. Um. But I think in, instant replay is something that's kind of lengthened the game, and it's something that I'm not fully in favor of. I mean, I know you want to get the calls right, but one of the things that instant replay has taken out of the game that I've always liked is is managers arguing. I love it when like managers you know come out of the dugout and you know and, and argue a call. And you know, before we already talked about guys like Earl Weaver, you know, one of my favorite guys, you know, coming out and and sticking dirt all over the umpire. I think that's just that's just part of the game that I remember uh, you know growing up and and I don't you just, you rarely see umpires or managers going out there and arguing anymore. And I know that you know arguing would potentially lengthen a game, but I think it it's it's something that fans almost universally find really entertaining. So I, yeah, I agree with that for sure. Yeah. So, I, you know, so I, you know, as far as length of the game, I'm like I've said, I'm, I'm kind of okay with the length of the game. I, I, I think a lot of the things that have changed uh, haven't added to it. I don't, you know. I mean, I think most people probably like instant replay because it gets it, it, you're going to get the call right, but it takes some of that human element out of the game and, and, you know, and, and like I said, you know, some of the, the entertainment factor out as well. So, you know, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know what the, the right answer is there. 
Okay. So, what? Um. So, anyways, you know that that's kind of where I'm at on that. I'm, I'm, so you want to like move on to the, to another topic here? I, I got a, I got a, I got a bunch lined up. Uh, hit me with them then. Yeah, you run it. All right. Um, you know, as I as I was going through this thing and talking about the state of the game today. This, this, I want to throw this one out here, and I think this is this is certainly a, a lighter topic that I think uh, we can just kind of, kind of have some fun with. But you know, when, I I I think one of the colorful things about baseball that has always been part of baseball are nicknames. You know, when I think of the nicknames back when we were growing up, like from the '70s, there were some great nicknames. And I'll, I'll throw some out here and see if you can you can you name who they are. One of the great nicknames is Charlie Hustle, and that is? That's Pete Rose. Pete Rose. How about the Ryan Express? Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan. The Hammer. Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron. The Penguin. Ron Say. Ron Say. How about, uh, how about Le Grand Orange? That, that's Rusty Staub. Rusty Staub. Uh, the toy cannon. Jimmy Wynn. Jimmy Wynn. See, and and these and we're talking about guys like you know, like especially guys like Ron Say and Jimmy Wynn and Rusty Saab. You know, they're not Hall of Famers, but they're they're guys that that were good players for for a fair length of time. But one of the things that that you remember about those guys is their nicknames. They had great nicknames, and I'm and I was thinking of what kind of nicknames do players have today. And it's like they almost have none. You know, I think of, so you, one of the biggest nicknames of the last 20 years is A-Rod. Uh, and I'm thinking, that's not even a nickname. That's just a guy's first initial and the first syllable of his last name. And it's like every other Rod out there is a K-Rod. And, all, and it's like, seems like every Rodriguez, his nickname is something Rod. And, or, you know, guys like Jeff Bagwell, his nickname is Baggy. And Biggio and Spid, <laughs> and it's like it's they're not nicknames anymore. They're just taking shorting, shortening a guy's name. And I well, we did have we did have Pudge. That was we, a pretty good one for we, we Ivan, have, Ivan Rodriguez. We did have Dev Pudge, and I think the the one good nickname that I've that I've found of of the last twenty years, you know, Pudge aside, is the Sandman. And you know that, and and the Sandman is that is that Rivera? It's Mariano Rivera because you know, and that's that's a good nickname because it's like you know he comes in, it's like okay, good night. You know, the Sandman comes in, game's over, good night. But that's one thing that I think has really changed is that you know nicknames used to just have be very evocative, evocative and colorful, and now they're just. It, you're you're just, you're just shortening a guy's name. That's not a nickname. That's just a convenience. Ah. So. so okay. Well, so we we need a vice president of nicknames, I guess. Yeah, we get, you got to you know where are yeah you know Mickey Mantle, the Commerce Comet, and the Yankee Clipper, and the Sultan of Swat, and you know all these. There used to be just every great player had a nickname, and now it's like it's just kind of a forgotten thing. So. All right, so that's something that bugs you about baseball, huh? Yeah, it's just, it makes the game a little less colorful today than I think it was. 
Okay, so what do you think about uh, the DH? Do you do you, are you do you like the DH? Don't if we yeah. do you like the do you like the DH? Let's say that first. Okay, well my my first response is no, I I do not. Uh, I I like having nine players on the field and those nine players hit. Um, and I think if okay. if a pitcher can hit, he can help his team out. If or if he can bunt. Uh, I also like the – it makes the manager more involved in the game. So, you know, if it, if you got a guy that's throwing a really good game and you're behind 1-0 in the sixth and the pitchers do up, are you going to hit for him or do you leave him in? You know, I think it makes the manager kind of earn his salary a little more. Uh, I, I like the idea, you know, the creativity of, like, double switches. Uh, I, I, I just – the game feels like more of a chess match to me. I think when with the when the pitcher's hitting, uh, not a not I'm just not a fan of the DH because it it seems like it always seems to me like it's a half measure. In that they, they say, all right, well the pitcher can't hit, so we're just going to have somebody that hits for him. But if that's the case, then why not? If you have like a second baseman that bats, you know, two oh five, nobody wants to see that guy hit either. So why don't you get a DH for that guy? And just go like that. Well, I don't think there's a rule that you have to DH for the pitcher. You, I you, think you could DH for anybody you want. I think I think you can. But my point is that, well, in football, you can, you know, you can have 11 guys that play both ways. But 11 guys, they, or football, they have 11 guys that specialize in offense and 11 guys that specialize in defense. If the intent mm. is to, like, you want to put your best hitters out on the field, then why not just have your nine best hitters hit? I'm not advocating that. I'm just. I just think that the the DH is a is a half measure to me uh, that I'm I'm just not a fan of. Okay, speaking about half, so the DH is only in the American League. Do you think it should be both or nothing? Because it's kind of ridiculous when you get into the World Series, where like the American League's best hitter might be the DH now. Yep. He can't be the DH in the National League Park, well, which is ridiculous. You're changing the whole game. And and the Tigers kind of ran into that in 2012, right, with uh, Victor Martinez was probably the second-best hitter on the team. And, yeah, now you, you know, you're going to – and he was a former catcher, but he was getting kind of too old to catch. So, yeah, you put him at first base and move – you know, it, it, it was kind of a challenge. Right. I would have rather. I mean, I think you know. My answer is, I would like. I would rather see the pitchers hit in both league, and a guy like, you know, and a guy like Victor Martinez or David Ortiz or or you know these kind of career DHs would they got you got to put a glove on. So I agree. Okay, so if your options are uh, DH and both or DH and none, you're saying DH and none. That's that's what I'm saying. I know. I know. I'll, okay. I know that will that will never ever happen. By the way, never ever. I'm full. So just forget that one. Yeah, uh, I think the, the players' union would never allow that to happen. Okay, so um, they're they're doing all they're doing a lot of things to try and shorten the length of the game. Now, one of them is now they got the pitch clock. Yeah, and. I went to a spring training game just on Monday. 
Right. Um, Tigers and the Red Sox, or Tigers and the Cardinals, and the the twenty second clock never really comes into play because you know what you can do? You can you can step off the rubber and the clock starts over. You can throw to a base and the clock starts over. So really, it's kind of a BS twenty second clock actually. Yeah. Uh, um, so it's an ineffectual rule. Yeah, and they got this, and I don't, baseball, the beauty of baseball was always that it's the only game that didn't have a clock. I mean, you could, you could play forever. Yeah. So, theoretically, you could still do that, but now, now there's a clock just, you know, from where I was sitting, just to the, the first base side of home plate, all of a sudden I got this big clock <laughs> counting down to 20 almost immediately after the pitcher receives the ball back from the catcher. And that's very weird to see. Yeah. Uh, well, and there's that other thing you'll see at the games, too. It, it's uh, uh, M- the MVR, right? Mound visits remaining. And that's, I, yeah. I know that, yeah, that's another thing that they've implemented to try and, and speed up games. And – and and it's something that I've 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 never really seen that come into play because I think each team gets like six mound visits, and I you know even well before they ever started, I don't ever recall seeing a manager go out to the mound six times. I just don't ever. Right. Yeah, I don't remember ever seeing that. Now the good thing I like though was what they did too is they had a clock for between innings, and it was you get two minutes and ten seconds. To get it out there, get your get your warm up pitchers in, and go. So I, I kind of like that. So they're not lollygagging around. I'm, <laughs> I was cool. I was cool with that. I'm, I guess I am too. But I, it's just something I, I never really realized it was a problem. I don't remember ever seeing guys just, you know, not, you know, at the major league level, just not being ready to go. I don't. I don't know. I, I know, I understand that. You know, I think um, what seems to take more time between innings is, is having their little, you know, novelty races of, you know, Biggie Bagel and Cuppy Coffee and, and the, you know, all the, all of that kind of fan interactive stuff seems to be more of a, a time consumer than, you know. Yeah, but they still do it in the, in the two minutes. I don't think, yeah. I don't think they extend. The between innings time. I don't think that. Yeah, happens. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't think so either. But I just don't. I just don't recall ever seeing you know players just kind of like loafing around out there in the position, the game not getting going on. So, you know, it seems like they're implementing a lot of things that where they're, in you know, in my observation anyway, there there wasn't a problem. Okay, so some of the crazy things that they're suggesting to speed up that game is well the most ridiculous one is is like making the distance between the mound and home plate longer than 60 feet six inches that's ridiculous i i i think that's ridiculous too and i i certainly don't see how that's going to shorten games any that's if anything it's going to increase scoring and and they'll go on longer but well i think that's another Another thing they're trying to do, yeah. If they're yeah, if you're trying to increase scoring, then. 
But if they're gonna do that, but that I say lower lower them out again like they did, like after nineteen sixty seven, I guess it was. Yeah, sixty eight. But yeah. Yeah. Um, I I I just hate you know I, I don't like anything where they just start cha- like. I know the strike zone's a lot different now than it used to be too. The strike zone used to be what, like show, like the, like your armpits to the knees, and now it seems like it's almost the size of a like a picture postcard. Yeah, it's like a belt buckle to the knees. Yeah. Yeah, and then and you know that certainly has increased scoring. So I mean, they're, I guess every era, it's it's hard to compare eras because the rule when the rules change, it changes all the, all the parameters. But I. You know, I don't, I don't know. I just don't like to see a, I wouldn't, I would hate to see, you know, the mound move back. Cause I think that would just, no. that would just change the game too much. That's dumb. That would change the whole configuration. That's just something they threw out there. I'm sure that's not serious at all. Yeah. They probably threw it um, out there to, to pull it off the table and say, all right, well, then they can get what they want. It's like a loss leader. There you go. There you go. All right. What do you think about the, you know the lefty specialist, so you could, you could have an inning where, you know, you leadoff guy gets on, or maybe even doesn't, but you get in there, left-handed hitter, you bring in a lefty. Next yep. guy's a right-handed hitter, you bring in a righty. Next guy's a left-handed hitter. Now you bring in another special, specialty left-hander. Yeah. And that that takes time, but it's good strategy. Are you in favor of that, or do you think that right-handed hitters just need to learn <laughs> how to get left-handed hitters out? I'm I'm okay with that. I don't. Again, I don't think it happens that often, but I think in a close game, I think you know the, the manager's got it. You got to do what you can do to, uh, you know, to get the other guys out, and the other manager can certainly counter by throwing in a pinch hitter, um, uh, you know, and and kind of to 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 cross that up. So. I'm I'm okay with with the with the substitutions. Again, I don't think it happens that often, and a manager can't do it too often. But otherwise, he'd run out of pitchers. So okay, how about we do this though? How about when a guy comes in from the bullpen, he only gets like three warmups instead of seven? That would save some time. I that I could I can agree with. I, I can definitely support that. Uh, just yeah. guys, they've already been thrown for you know 15 minutes out in the in the bullpen, so right. you know it's not they're not tightening up on the on the trip from you know as they jog in from center field, they're not tightening up in that period of time. So yeah, three pitches should be more than enough to get you going. I I can definitely support that. Okay, um, here's some. Do you have any other issues with about uh, shortening the time of the games or? Or anything like that, because I have one other issue I want to no. talk about that has nothing no. to do with any of that. Okay, well, what is it? Okay, so analytics are a big part of baseball. So, <laughs> yep. so we have so much information on where a guy hits the ball, where a guy hits a certain pitch, which is fair. That's fine. That's good. That's using the information. But now we have all these defensive shifts. Yeah. Um, what do you – I mean, what – I have an opinion on the shift. Okay. What do you think about the, the shifts that they use nowadays? I, I'm absolutely fine with the shift. Uh, doesn't bother me at all. 
I think if a, if a guy comes up and you're shifting on him, then it's, it, it's incumbent upon the hitter. You know, you got to be able, if you, if, if you're a dead pull hitter and they, and they play the shift on you, you got to learn to try and hit the other way. That's what I, that's kind of what I think. And I, we're going back to Victor Martinez again. I remember a couple of years ago, you know, he was one of the slowest guys in, in the major leagues and they put the shift on him. I remember he, 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 dropped a bunt down the third base line. He was the only bunt single he ever got in his career because they put a shift on him and he, and he bunted the opposite way. And I think, you know, that's, that's how you combat the shift. I agree a thousand percent. Yeah. Cause they shift all the time, whether, whether there's two outs with a man on second or you're the lead off hitter. So if I'm the lead off hitter, why wouldn't I just drop a bunt down the third base line yep. every single time? Yeah. So now you're on base. You're gonna you're gonna raise your average. Yeah. You're gonna get a bigger contract at the end of the year. All you're not doing is maybe hitting, pulling the ball, you know, to your yeah. power field in a home run. That's all. As but a, you're getting on for the next guy. Yep. Your job as a hitter is to get on base. Yep. However, however you can get on base, and if they're gonna if they're gonna give you half the field, then you know you're a major league hitter. You should be good enough to to use the whole field. I agree. I agree. I agree. I love it. They still right. do it though, George. It's, and that's mostly against left-handed hitters. But yeah. um, I guess maybe speaking as a left-handed hitter, maybe we're too stupid to realize <laughs> that, um, you know, hey, maybe we should go the other way. I don't know. But I mean, what, yeah, it's, it's, it is different. It, it kind of treats righties and lefties different because I mean, you could shift on a right-handed hitter, but the first baseman, it, he's stuck at first base. The first baseman cannot not play at first base. That is correct, yeah. So, so it, 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 you know, the dynamics is a little bit different there. You could, you could shift on a right-handed hitter, but it's definitely um, used more for lefties. I, I, I agree. Okay. Um, another thing I want to talk about, interleague play. Are you, are you, do you think that's a success? you like that or is it in, a failure? Because it's kind of like, I don't think everybody's playing the same strength of schedule because you're not playing everybody in yeah. the National League. The league. When, I don't know. What do, you, what do you think? Well, when they first started interleague play, uh, I was not a fan. I, I, I didn't like it, but I've kind of grown to, to where I'm okay with it. I, you know, I don't – it's kind of – fun sometimes I guess to see the Philadelphia Phillies or the New York Mets or somebody like that come into town teams that you don't normally get to see a lot so it's 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 kind of fun that you get to see get some exposure to other teams um you know it and and it all kind of came about because before the before interleague play you know there were what 30 major league teams I think there were 16 American League teams and 14 National League teams or something like that so the leagues were kind of unfair in that if you, a National League team had a, had a, only had to, you only had to go through 13 other teams to get to the World Series, or in the American League, you had to go through 15 other teams. So it, it, you know, it was easier for a National League team to get to the World Series than an American League team. So you know, to combat that, I think you know, they moved the Brewers into the National League, so there are 15 teams in each league. But now if you have an odd number of teams in each league, now you're stuck. Yeah. You, you, you either have two teams idle all the time, 
or you just have to have them play each other. So it kind of became came about as a as a a necessity for evening the leagues out. So I, I understand why they do it, and, and like I said, I've kind of grown to be to be okay with it. I know that the the rules are different, so you know, and you know, American League teams will have to have their pitchers hit in the National League, and you know, National League teams will use a DH. I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I I see the complications with it, but I I kind I I have kind of grown to like the idea of being just being able to see National League teams in an American League park. Okay, that's cool. Um... So I guess in summation, if I didn't make myself clear at first, I think I want to I want a DH in both leagues. Okay. Um, I like the offense. I like more offense, and it leads to less unnecessary pitching changes. Um, but I, you know, no. I, I, actually, I want I, it to it be might, uniform. I want it to be uniform. I think it might lead to more pitching changes because. Now you don't have to worry about the pitcher spot coming up, and you and the manager might go out and throw three or four pitchers in one inning because he doesn't have to worry about the pitcher. Uh, you got me there. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. So okay. Well, have we solved all of baseball's ills, or there is there something I'm missing? Well, there's there's one there's one thing that's kind of like in a way it's kind of the biggest thing on on my list. And it's and it comes down to money. And I, I just the the salaries that that players make today just drive me crazy. And here's here's what I mean by that. So I've looked at you know we've kind of used 1975 as a as a as a focal point in these last few weeks. So if I go yep. to 1975, and I look at at 2018, okay, one dollar in 1975. Is worth four dollars and sixty eight cents now, so that's your inflation rate. Your inflation, the the value of the dollar has depreciated for about four and a half times. Okay. Yeah. What's one of the big things people talk about? What when there's a couple things that people talk about inflation that are, it's just outpacing inflation, medical costs, right? Medical costs and college tuition. I couldn't find any tuition or stats on tuition. But I didn't okay. medical costs. One dollar spent on medical in 1975 is the equivalent of ten dollars and twenty-one cents now. So, if the inflation rate is four point six eight, you know, yeah, uh, uh, medical costs are about double that, just over ten dollars. Okay. Now let's talk baseball. In 1975, the minimum salary for a major leaguer was sixteen thousand dollars. Not, in 1975, not a bad salary, $16,000. The minimum salary today is $555,000. That's a 35-fold increase. Remember, the, the inflation rate is just under five-fold. That's 35-fold increase in the major league minimum salary. Yeah. And that's not even the worst. If you look at average salary, the average salary in 1975 was about $45,000. The average salary uh, now is $4.5 million, a hundredfold increase in the average salary. I mean, it's just just completely blowing away the, uh, the inflation rate. 
And what is and so okay for 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 the fans as far as taking a family to a ball game, I looked at, I found this on on uh, and I couldn't find it stats for the Tigers, but I found the stats for the Dodgers. In the 1970s, you could sit behind home plate in Dodger Stadium for three dollars and fifty cents. Today, that ticket price is six hundred seventy-five dollars. You know, not not mm-hmm. to mention the cost of hot dogs and and all the other costs of going to the game. So my point here is that salaries have just gone insane, and it's become far, far more difficult for just a, a, an average family to, to, you know, take your family to a ball game uh, without breaking the bank. So Okay, yeah, well, you kind of shot down my argument. I was going to say, yes, salaries are high, but but revenues are so much higher. And believe me, they're not making their money from selling tickets. They're making their money on TV rights. Yep. So have you done your homework on what do they get paid for national and local TV rights in 1975 versus now? I'm going to tell you, oh. I didn't. But that's, that's going to be a heck of a lot more. I'm probably... Oh. It's definitely keeping up with salaries. It's definitely going to be a whole lot more. And the uh, and and but the uh, and the other thing that where they where teams make a lot of money is is you know on the suites and the and the and corporate. A lot of a lot of the season ticket holders are now are all corporations. But what I'm what I'm starting to see, and you know, in, in my in my business, I've gone to. I've I've been to a number of Tiger games, Red Wings games, Pistons games over the years, uh, with uh, clients, providers, what what have you. Uh, those are becoming a lot less frequent. I think I think corporations are starting to kind of pull out of the of that realm, and I I I kind of think we're we're we will hit a tipping point at some point where I think there's going to be a financial crisis in, in the game. Really? I do. I, I kind of, I kind of think so. Unless it, like you said, just, it's all TV revenues. And then, you know, then why you just play, play the games in the studio? You don't even need a, need a crowd. Uh, I don't know. I'm, it, it, it's something that just really, really bothers me. Okay. Well, I think, um, yeah, I, I think that the revenues will always keep up with the cost. So believe me, those owners, they want to stuff their pockets too. And they're not going to pay a guy, you know, like Bryce Harper's contract, unless they're pretty sure they're going to be able to get that money in return. Yep. Oh, I, I, I understand. I get it. I get okay. it. I just don't like it. Fair enough. So we uh Oh oh I got, I got one baseball. I got I got one more good stat for you. Can I do this stat for you? Absolutely. This kind of this combines a couple things. Nine, it, so I it talks one of the things that, that has really changed in the game is how long a starting pitcher goes per game. Yes. yes. So in nineteenth and I'm gonna combine two things here. Two, two of my pet peeves here, so I'm, I'm, I'm really kind of excited about this one. So in 1975, the 
uh, Catfish Hunter led the major leagues with 328 innings pitched. In, tw- in 2018, Max Scherzer led all leagues with 220 innings pitched, so over 100 innings less for your league leader in innings pitched. Catfish Hunter made uh, had averaged 8.4 innings per start. Scherzer, six and two-thirds innings per start. And here, so and then I'm going to throw in my my uh, my 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 money argument in here. Catfish Hunter was one of the highest-paid players in baseball in 1975. He earned about nine, uh, just shy of two thousand dollars per innings pitched. Max Scherzer last year earned over a hundred thousand dollars per inning pitched. So he was, mm. he was making what more than fifty times as much per inning pitched, and he and he threw over a hundred uh, over a hundred innings less. So I don't know. I just I, I just think those guys. I think. 70s. I think that's owners protecting their investment, but yep. also look at the seven guys in the bullpen. What they get paid in nineteen seventy five? Probably, you know. $70,000 total. Right. And look what you're paying your seven guys in the bullpen yeah. today. So so they're just as ridiculously high paid. Well, and, and they're specialty guys now. Well, and the, and the game has changed. And I, I think, you know, well, and a lot of players today have incentives in their contracts, right? So six innings is a quality start. So if a guy goes six innings, that's all he needs for his contract incentive. So he's ready to come out of the game. Uh, right. Back in the mid seventies, I think you know starters had a different mentality. It was kind of like you know, uh, you know Jack Morris was kind of this way. Nolan Ryan was this way. It's like when they got the ball to go out on the mound, you had to like pry the ball out of their hands, take them out of the game. They wanted to go the whole game, and I just don't think, yeah, I don't think they want to anymore. It's more about oh, I just need to, you know, like you said, owners protecting their investment, and we need these guys around for a long time, even though if they're not going to pitch as much per game. It's just another another way the game's changed that I kind of prefer the old way. Yeah, and baseball's got such a good union is that all the contracts are guaranteed. So if you burn a guy out, you're still on the hook for that money. You know, unlike – now, I'm not saying that football is right, but football, a guy gets hurt or something and he doesn't have any guaranteed money coming or he get it all up front. It's like, see you later. Good luck with that <laughs> bum knee again. Yep. You know, the baseball has never been like that, but I don't know. Um, I don't love baseball as much as I used to, but I love it when the Tigers are going good. Yeah. Obviously, because I'm paying more attention to it. I just, I, you know, yeah, I guess I can, I can agree with that, but I, but the game itself, I do love the game itself. Just the, the aesthetic of the game. I could, I could go watch little leaguers play right now. I just love watching the game. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to get the millennials or you know interested because it's too slow, just too slow for them. And I hate that when people say, "Oh, baseball is too slow; it's no good." And I'm thinking, well, you just don't understand the nuances. Then I look like a you know like a snob saying, "Oh, you just don't understand." what you're watching and stuff like that. So, but there's a lot of, a lot of people that, that like soccer that say that too. And man, soccer, talk about a slow game. Right. (laughs) Right. Well, we're not going to get into that. 
Soccer fans, don't worry. We're not talking about you. We'll, we'll fix your game at a later date. Sure. Okay. All right, George. Yeah. So baseball is fixed. Um, it's our first podcast without a list. And uh, we'll have to work on – I think we've had a few in the queue uh, list-wise. But we can we can always just talk about just about anything we want. And yeah. And always do top tens, right? Absolutely. Okay, my man. Um, I am back in Michigan, Michigan, by the way. Oh, awesome. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yeah, I hate it here. I hate it here already. It's, it's so nice and 20, warm. Yeah, 23 degrees or whatever. But <laughs> anyways, I'll get more information on the Tigers. All right. Uh, in my, yeah. my Detroit paper. All right, man. Take care of yourself, and we will. I'll talk to you next week. All right, man. See ya. All right, bye. bye.